Hey guys, welcome to Dark Vale. We're your hosts, John and Tori. Dark Vale is a podcast that discusses the darker side of life. We are not professionals on any of the topics we discuss. We do as much research as we can, and we do try to be as accurate as possible. However, no one is perfect, and neither are we. Because we're discussing the darker side of things, this podcast is best listened to by a mature audience. So sit back and get ready to podcast and chill! Welcome to Dark Vale, and welcome to episode 14. My name is Tori. And my name is John. Well, I think everyone noticed that we didn't have an episode last week. Yeah. Sorry, guys. That's my fault, question mark. I just haven't been feeling the best for the last week and a bit, and I'm still kind of not feeling the best, but we didn't want to go too long without getting another podcast out there, because we're definitely getting hounded to get one out, so. (laughs) Yeah, which is a good thing. Yes, definitely a good thing. But I definitely was ready to do the episode by myself if John wasn't able to join me today, but he says he's... Okay, so we will begin. Yeah. Uh, so today I prepared an episode about one of my I I don't I don't want to say favorite serial killers because that makes me sound like I'm a fan, but one of the serial killers I've been most interested in over the years, and I am. Crime, crime junkie, and I definitely, <laughs> what was that? I have no idea, but that was a very strange high-pitched sound. I definitely uh, have watched a lot of documentaries and read a lot of things on this man, and his name is Ed Kemper. Ah, Yes. Uh, what do you know, what do you know about Ed Kemper, John? Um, well, he's really tall. Yep. He's very intelligent. Yep. Um, he did some very brutal things to his own mother. Um, but yeah, so he did some very brutal things to his own mother. Um, he spent a lot of time actually hanging out with the cops. Yep. Um... And I believe he turned himself in, even. You are correct about all of those things. Nice. Did you learn that from watching Mindhunter? With... A large... Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> that was a two-part question. <laughs> did you learn that from watching Mindhunter? Or did you learn that from the infamous documentary we watched on YouTube that caused my existential... Crisis slash breakdown of 2020. <laughs> um, it would be both of those. Ah, uh, yes. And also, I've listened to... So, you being a crime junkie, you've gotten me into a lot of the the crime stuff. Yep. And that got me into a lot of crime podcasts. And I've heard, at, I would say for sure, two podcasts about Ed Kemper and that. So, now... I'm just going off of the stuff that's actually stuck oh, yes. in my head. But yep. but yeah, 
Yeah, those two that you mentioned were definitely a part of that. Nice. So, yeah, I just want to give a bit of background info. Um, the YouTube documentary I'm talking about is... Oh, yeah. It's that classic thing where you... You're like, ah, I'm interested in this. Let's look this up. And then we're like, ah, let's watch a documentary. And then it's like, let's see what's on YouTube. And then you spend like, let's say like 47 minutes just being completely entrapped in <laughs> this alluring and interesting documentary. It's got everything you want in it. It's perfect. And mid-sentence, it just, it's done. It just cuts off and you're like, motherfucker, where is the goddamn rest of it? Where is the... And then I my, I just, my brain exploded and I was like, this is why I don't watch shit on YouTube. Yeah. I, I'll pay money. I'll subscribe to <laughs> Crave. I'll subscribe to TV channels because I, if you're paying for it, you're getting what... Anyways, sorry guys, I'm going off on a tangent there, but man. Yeah, it's... Um, what was that? I think it was a Disney Pixar movie had all the different emotions in the little girl's head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Inside in, Out? Yeah, yeah. Um, you were definitely the little hothead exploding <laughs> in, in anger over that oh, one. Oh, man, I was mad. <laughs> Whew, hot mama. Yeah. Anyways. Um, <clears throat> so, Ed Camper. He... Is like, you know how like there's like a Hall of Fame? Let's say there's a Hall well, Hey, you know how there's a Hall of Fame of serial killers? No, Tori, just in your head. Um, let's say there's a Hall of Fame for ser serial killers. Yeah. Ed Kemper would be one of the prolific ones on the list. He's... It's, it's an insane story. It happened in the 70s and 80s. 70s? 70s. Um... Yeah. So he's like an OG serial killer, kind of. Yeah. Even though they obviously happened before. But in the 70s is when the FBI really started um, profiling them and yeah. coined the term for ser serial killers and really started studying them. So there's a few people from the 70s and 80s that are kind of like in that Hall of Fame, per se, because yeah. they were used as tools and studied and they were kind of amplified to to fame because of that and because of the fact that it was just so shocking and it was things it was types of crimes that hadn't happened before uh in com combination with better like media coverage yeah. of stuff so um and yes we're going through another heat wave so right now oh. it is 9 30 at night and it is like 20 seven degrees celsius in the room that we're yeah. in right now or yeah which is i don't know what it is in fahrenheit guys sorry in canada we use celsius i think it's close to 80 again yeah I is that right think yeah i would say it's almost bang on 80 right now yeah so it's pretty warm and it's like like we said dry air but all right um so, so ed kemper his name is edmund and he wasn't yep. a fan of that. No. He liked people calling him Ed because he he didn't like what his mother named him. He was born on December 18th, 1948. So he is 70? Uh, 
think so. 70. Yeah. Um, his parents were divorced. His mother was an alcoholic. Um, he was, um, he had two sisters and a very interesting thing about him is that he was, uh, one of the inspirations for Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. However, um, if, because I've watched that movie like legitimately pro I would honestly say like 30 times for sure. Yeah. I know like <clears throat> Buffalo Bill's character like the back of my hand and they don't have a lot of real similarities. I think he I think that they really just use like psychological weaponry and like dubious is that the right word? Mm. Devious? <laughs> dubious. Devious. I don't know. Maybe they both work. Maybe they're both words that work. Um, devious uh, mind play and just like to get like a sinister. Oh, I think they yeah. just kind of grabbed things from different serial killers because Buffalo Bill was a collaboration of a bunch of ideas based off serial killers. So, um, But he was one of the inspirations. And um, I believe that we were incorrect with our math there. I think that... Um, Ed Kemper is 72. Oh, well, that's not bad. <laughs> Two years off. Yeah. Considering I just threw that out there fast and I'm, I'm an English person. I'm a, I'm a reader, not a math, mather. So I'm <laughs> one of those people. Math ain't my thing. Reader, not a mather. Yep. I like it. Um, so he reportedly has an IQ of at least 130 and I read in several spots that it was 145, but I did read in a few places it was around the 130 mark, which I still think is considered higher than normal intelligence. Yeah. Um, in Canada, interestingly enough, we don't really do IQ tests the way they do in other places in the world, like the United States and other places. Oh, really? So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I know that they test IQ. Like, I don't know if they do it in the school system there, but I know that it, like, sorry guys, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know that, like, maybe a psychiatrist or a mental health person or a doctor may do that. Um, like, the odds of you having it done in the United States or somewhere else are high-ish compared to at least where we live because I've never had anybody... Give me an IQ test. I have taken online ones yeah, that yep. definitely aren't um, definitive. <laughs> I mean, it was like one of those sites where it's like, which kind of potato are you? Or <laughs> yeah. test your IQ. And I'm like, ooh, I'm going to do both. <laughs> you know your potato chip and yeah. your IQ. Yeah, exactly. Like so, um, as John said... Ed Kemper was six foot nine. He was very Man. tall. Yeah, he was. And he was around 300 pounds. So this was a scary dude. Yeah. A tough man. He's a big boy. Um, his name was also uh, known as the co-ed killer. Um, he was convicted in 1973 and he is serving eight consecutive life sentences right now. Oh, yeah. He's dying in jail. Yeah. Um, 
He was 24 when he was convicted. He killed 10 people. So his murder spree, surprisingly, was only about 11 months. It wasn't even a year. That was pretty short-lived. Yeah. Um, so these are just like point form things that I, and then I'm going to go into detail about what he did. But the last one I have on this little point form list is kind of interesting. He narrated a bunch of audiobooks in the 1980s after he, um, was convicted in the seventies, in the eighties, he started narrating audiobooks. And this is known as a program for reading for the blind through the jail that he was in. And, uh, like, incredibly, he has spent over 5,000 hours recording and has done several hundred books, including Star Wars, Flowers in the Attic, which I read lots of times when I was a kid, Dune Book 4, Emperor of Dune, Petals on the Wind. There were more, but wow. those are ones that I recognize that I picked out. Petals on the Wind is by the same author as Flowers in the Attic, but um, I, I tried looking some of his audio up, and because it was actually like legitimately done as a program for the blinds or the jail, you can't. Oh, really? Really hear it? Uh that sucks. I was instantly, as soon as you mentioned that, I was like, oh, after this, I want to see if I can find some of that audio. Well, I didn't try super hard, but I definitely found like 10, 10 or 15 seconds of him starting off the book Flowers in the Attic, but oh, I couldn't cool. find uh, a ton. Yeah. But yeah, I think that, I thought that was crazy. Like somebody that murdered his mother and is in jail for eight life sentences is reading books to blind yeah. people i don't know that's but, that's interesting yeah i find that very interesting so as i mentioned briefly earlier the fbi started a program in the 70s uh because they started i don't know if you guys want if any of our listeners have watched mindhunter oh man if you haven't do it it's on netflix john and i absolutely love this show um, I have watched, there's two seasons. I've watched both seasons twice and that's because John has fallen asleep a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I watched season one all by myself and then I watched season two and then John was like, Hey, I, I, I want to try that. So then we just started, I started over and I watched it. It's good enough to watch twice. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It was so good. I loved it. Yeah, and it... Sorry, honey. Oh, I was just going to say I loved it, except for the the disappointment that now they're... The COVID thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah they haven't been filming any new seasons, so you kind of get... You get, like, a really good story that gets you really sucked into it, and then it just stops and leaves you wanting so much more. Yeah, exactly. And... Uh, so Mindhunter uh, kind of illustrates really, really decently how the FBI performed their, or performed, uh, like developed their, I think it's called their Behavioral Sciences Unit. Yeah, Behavioral. No, I think they merged their Behavioral Sciences Unit in with something. Behavioral make... anal Analysts? No, no, I, I think... They, the behavioral sciences unit or whatever it was already yep. existed. 
And I think they used ideas from that and merged it with like new school psychology to form the branch that they are creating in Mindhunter. Oh, if, okay. if I'm correct. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but it, it kind of shows how they went from uh, all these like other basic types of crimes that they had uh, com compartmentalized, like lust killing or um, like uh, rampage killing or yeah. things like that. And then things started changing into... Um, they started seeing patterns in certain killers, and they developed the idea of serial killer. Yeah, that's and, when they coined the term serial yeah, killer. Yeah, and there's kind of like a little joke in it, because when they're trying to... When when they're starting to realize um, that there are patterns and stuff in these killers, and um, one of the lead characters is like... Starts calling them sequence killers, and yep. it's kind of funny. Yep. Because we all know in 2020 that it's ultimately going to be called a serial killer, but they haven't come up with that yet. So it's kind of neat, and it's pretty along the lines of what the FBI really did. Yeah. And so the FBI started a program in the 1970s where they went to prisons, and they talked to serial killers. Yes, that is what Mindhunter is about. Uh, Kemper was actually one of the killers that they talked to during this time. So, it is thought that these killers help the FBI because they get to talk about what they did. It glorifies their experiences in their head, not in the FBI's head. Um, but the serial killers generally want it to talk. And, truthfully, it probably just helps break up the boredom and jail of a serial killer. So, they... It's not because they're like, oh, we want to help the FBI. It's more like, eh, I get to talk about it. I get to relive it. Yeah. I'll tell you about it. But whether whatever the reason is that the serial killers talked to the FBI, they definitely helped develop a lot of theories and things that the FBI still use today. And Ed Kemper was a giant part of that because Ed Kemper is also known as a chatty Kathy. Yeah, so, he does. Uh, Sorry, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, because the guy they got to p play him yeah. in Mindhunter looks incredibly like the real Ed Kemper. Yeah. And I believe I was reading that he even sounds and acts like him. Yeah. And, and that which... Um, I don't know. I just uh, I found that very interesting. I had a I had a point for saying that. Now I can't remember it. I completely derailed my thought there. So anyway, sorry for the <laughs> for for the interruption on nothing that really had a point there. Oh no, that was that's true though. Yes, because the guy they got to play him really does. It, he, it's very uncanny actually. He looks quite like him. Um, so. In order to... I'm just going to do a basic serial killer thing where I'm going to say that they basically believe that you have to be a psychopath or a sociopath in order to be somebody like this. So what does psychopathy mean? Well, it's a mental disorder, especially when marked by egocentric and antisocial activity, a lack of remorse for one's actions, an absence of empathy for others, and criminal tendencies. Um, 
Psychopaths uh, like to feel important, grandiose, and often enjoy speaking with the police about certain things. So these are the kind of people we're talking about. This is who Ed Kemper is, kind of in a nutshell. Um, so a little bit of background on this man. He claims he was treated really badly by his mother. She says that, or he, she, he <laughs> says that she abused him verbally and physically pretty much throughout his whole childhood. Um, I read that he was locked in the basement at night by his mom because she would, she would call it, tell him he was a real weirdo and stuff. And she said she was scared that he was going to rape his sister. Oh yeah. I remember that. Mm -hmm. And I remember like watching real footage of him talking in real interviews or something. Yeah. And when he says that, he, like, it's, it's like he didn't even have that idea. It's like he shocked his mom would think that because he wasn't even thinking that. Yeah. Like, it's almost like his mom was like, you're a real piece of shit. And he's like, you haven't even given me a chance to be one. You just think I am. Yeah. Like... I don't know. From the interview I watched, it's like even he was shocked his mom would say that because it's not like he was like, yeah, I'll show you. It was more like, I didn't do anything and I'm not sure why she... But anyways, he, he was crazy though. But I don't know. It was just odd. It seems like he... It makes you wonder though <clears throat> if some of that fueled it. Like yeah. just the abuse that he received, the constant being treated like he was... A monster. Yeah, so he becomes what people tell him he is. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> it's like, yeah, because I was reading, is it the question of nature or nurture? So nature means, were you born that way? Yeah. Nurture means, is it the way you were raised or is it a combo of both? Well, I was reading an article where the FBI agent that interviewed Ed Kemper for the FBI, like for their program... Um, he says, in his opinion, it definitely was a case of nurture. Oh, really? In his opinion, uh, the way he was raised absolutely determined what was going to happen. Yeah. And But he also goes on to say it was this man's own choice what he chose to do. Yeah. But the catalyst for him to make the choices, he says it was nurture, in his opinion. Yeah. So what set him onto that path was the, way, was the nurture, was yeah, the, the way, way he was, was treated yeah, and made made out to be. The way his mother molded him. Yep. Um, Alright, so that being said about his mom accusing him of possibly doing something bad to a sister and that's why she's locking him in the basement. That being said, yep. where I say... In the interview, it seemed like, like at that point, he hadn't even thought of things like that yet, okay? That, yeah. that being said, Ed Kemper was 10 when he killed his first cat. Oh, yeah. He so, was young, yeah. and he buried that cat alive, which is horrific. Yeah, and that's one of the actual, like, telltale signs of psychopathy, isn't it? Like, in children... Killing animals? Yes, that is one of them. And I can't remember what it's called. The triad? Triad? 
Yeah, yeah, except yeah, because there's three, right? Yeah, except for I think that's been debunked. I think they don't necessarily use that as... I can't remember the yeah, changes they've either. done on that, but um, because it was killing animals, wetting the bed, and something else that they... If you had those three things, uh, you were in the category of more likely yeah but i would have to read up on that that's something i knew off the top of my head at one time but i'm pushing 40 and <laughs> we're living in a heat wave right now and yeah. uh trying to remember yesterday is hard right now. oh yeah what did we have for supper pizza <laughs> oh, i remember that yeah tonight but uh, i thought you meant yet yeah, last oh. night i was like what did we have but we had that you made delicious soup yeah it was really good <laughs> um, so at 10, he buried a cat alive, and then he was 13, he moved up to slaughtering one with a knife, basically, so, yeah. um, by 13, he was well on his way. So, as I said, Ed claims, claims, claimed that his mother was really mean to him. She would belittle and degrade him, uh, treat him like he was just a nuisance in her life. Um... When he was 15, he went to live with his grandparents uh, in California. And this was in North Fork, California. Kemper knew how to use a gun. Uh, he'd been trained on how to use one. But his parents, his parents, his grandparents actually took access away. So they took permission away from him uh, to use the gun out there because he was just needlessly killing birds and other animals out there. Yeah. So shortly after he came out there, he was being a problem too. Uh, Maud Matilda Huey was his first victim out of the 10 people. And he killed her when he was 15. Guess who that was? I think you know. Uh, that was his grandma. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that was going to be my guess. So, he, even though these grandparents were actually his dad's parents, not his mom's, yeah. he pretty much said in quite a few interviews I'd seen and stuff I read that his, he, he said his, his grandma kind of had the same kind of attitude as his mom. Like, his grandma wasn't like, you're a weirdo and a pervert, but his grandma was definitely, um... The matriarch of the family, the yeah. the head. She made all the decisions. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, and he said that she emasculated or demasculated, whatever the word is. Yeah. Him and his grandpa and stuff. Yeah, demasculated. Um, <clears throat> so he actually ended up shooting her with one of the guns he wasn't even supposed to have. Ooh. Um... He killed her while she was in the kitchen, and apparently they'd been arguing about something, and he decided he was just going to shoot her. And so he killed his grandma first, and then his grandpa was gone at the time. And he waited for his, his grandpa to come home, and he killed him too. Uh, he said that he did not want his, gran his grandfather to see what he'd done to his grandma, and... He didn't even wait for his grandpa to, like, come 
in the door. He met him outside, outside of his vehicle when his grandpa pulled up and just shot him in the driveway. Oh, jeez. Um, these are the only two deaths that I wasn't really able to see that he'd, uh, how do I say it? Had sex with the bodies. Oh, yeah. So he was a, like a sexually motivated yeah. killer. That's. I didn't read or notice anywhere that he'd done anything to his grandparents. So. Yeah. But he was. That's <clears throat> uh, necrophilia, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> so after he killed his grandpa and grandma, he actually called his mom, which I found interesting because he hated his mother but she was still the first person he told about it and she basically told him that he needed to phone the police and he actually did he phoned the police and he admitted to what he did and so Kemper went to juvenile court and was ultimately put in a mental hospital after he killed his grandparents he was 15 I read in some spots they say he was 14 but I read in other spots he was 15, so I'm using 15, and I understand I may be slightly incorrect there, but... Um, it was discovered while he was in that mental hospital that he had paranoid schizophrenia. He went to Atascadero State Hospital. And he stayed there until he was 21 years old. Now, I am curious to know whether... If he was assessed today, whether they'd still come up with paranoid schizophrenia. Because I feel like that was diagnosed quite a bit. Yeah. It's kind of it like... a bit more of a go-to back then. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like how I think like every different like decade has its own... like big illness mental illness that more people are getting discovered of having and i don't know if it's actually because that's true or it's because more doctors are developing different schools of thought and things it's kind of like how for a while i kept hearing people saying that they were bipolar and stuff like that popped up yeah things like that right but i would be interested to know if that's actually what his diagnosis is because i have seen stuff with people who have schizophrenia where they're going into like psychosis and doing some crazy things too so um but it seems like he was pretty with it while he was doing these things Kemper but yeah um he was also very intelligent so maybe he was feeding them a line and they were believing it. That's very possible, I would say for sure. So, before Kemp... Okay. What did I write there? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So, he was released when he was 21 from the mental hospital. And... The doctors had basically said that he did really well in the hospital and that he had done about as good as anybody can expect for being rehabilitated, basically, which I find shocking. 
Um, they let, well, then again, they let the man that beheaded somebody on the Greyhound here in Canada out of jail too. So yeah, yep. <clears throat> yeah. And he's got a new identity too. Yeah. So I guess mental health, ah, uh, issues are a wild card sometimes. Um, so, but it was recommended by the doctors and, like, the staff at that mental hospital that Kemper not be released just to go live with his mother. Because they understood that he had deep-seated mental issues surrounding his, like, psychological issues surrounding his mother. Yeah. And that it was just a bad place for him to be. Um, however, that's exactly where he went to live ex- Immediately after being released, he went to his mom's house. Um, his mother lived in Santa Cruz, California, and she worked at the University of California. So that's where he went. Huh. Uh, Kemper worked for the Department of Transportation. He did do a small little stint in college, which didn't work out. And he was also rejected as a state trooper. Uh, he really wanted to be a police officer of some sort, and he was rejected. Guess why? Uh, I don't know. His height. Oh, really? His height and his weight. I don't think that would fly nowadays. I don't think that's a reason why. I don't think so either. But that is what it has been reported. That's why he was rejected. So despite this, Kemper liked to hang out hang out around police. He used to hang out at a bar where a lot of police officers went to. And he became, I don't know if it's friends, but he was acquaintances with a lot of police. Yeah. And he even drove a car that looked like a police car. So in 1972, Kemper actually started to carry a gun, handcuffs, and a knife in his car. He would frequent an area where he noticed there were always a lot of hitchhikers. Kemper did a lot of practicing before he actually attacked anyone. And I read that he picked up up to 150 different hitchhikers before he even harmed anyone. That's Oh, wow. That's how much he practiced picking people up. Doing pleasantries with them and taking, like, just dropping them off like a normal person. Just getting comfortable with the routine. Yeah. Jeez. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. That's very methodic and planned out. Yeah. Very premeditated. Um, He would just pick people up and not hurt them. He He would imagine stuff. And he would, I think he was mapping out, like, how how long it would take and other things in his head, but he he was just practicing. Soon he was in the act of really doing it. This started with Mary Ann Pesque and Anita Lucessa. I find it interesting that he, the first time he actually goes to do it though, he picks two people at once. Oh yeah, that is curious. Yeah. Why spend all that time getting familiar with the routine and this and that and then picking two? Like, I feel like that's definitely your chances of something going wrong or somebody getting away or something or definitely higher that way. Yeah, that escalated quickly. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so Kemper said that he stabbed both the women, Marianne first, he strangled both of them. Um, he brought the bodies back to his house. He decapitated them, which he pretty much did with all his victims. He also cut their hands off and he had sex with them. He committed necrophilia. And necrophilia is sex with a dead body. Yeah. And um, he later cut the bodies in into like smaller pieces and dumped them randomly in the woods. And um, Marianne, Marianne's head was eventually found in the woods, but Anita's was never found. Oh, wow. Sorry, were you going to say something when I was mentioning that? Um, so he would bring the bodies back to his, to his house or, or wherever yeah. and cut the heads off, cut the hands off yeah. and then he would have sex with them. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I think there were a couple people I read that he would, um, have sex with their dead body before he cut them up, possibly, oh, yeah. but he was definitely doing it after he cut their heads off too jesus that's i mean necrophilia is super brutal and sick yeah but to start butchering up a body and then do it just adds like a whole another level of depravity to it like yeah i was reading in one of the articles that he specifically cut someone's head off and put it in the fridge so it was cold extra cold and then he oh jesus yeah wow. um <clears throat> there was one i read too where he had the i don't know the he had the gall to wash blood off the head first before he did that too like oh wow you know like that that's gross to him yeah but yeah, he wanted a a clean yeah skull or like a how clean did... head how disgusting. Yeah, no shit. Um, <clears throat> so, like I said, Marianne's head was found in the woods, but Anita's was never found, which is really sad to me. And <clears throat> it's all really sad. So, later that year, which is 1972, he met 15-year-old um, Aiko, Aiko Ku. And he went on to do the same thing to her that had been done to Anita and Marianne. So almost to the the note, this almost exactly the same routine there. He uh, strangled and stabbed her and decapitated her and sexually assaulted her dead body and kept it around for a bit and then tossed it. Jeez. He really had a routine, though, it seems like, eh? Like, he he did the pick up all the hitchhikers, so he got comfortable with that. Yeah. He knew what to expect. He knew the pleasantries to say. And then, with the first two he killed, um, he picks up a third one, mimics mm -hmm. pretty much it identically. Yeah. Like, it just seems like he's he sets up routines and something he's comfortable with. Yeah. And then he just keeps, like, then there's a comfort level to it, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Then in 1973, mind you, this isn't this hasn't been a full year, right? Yeah. So it's over the span of 11 months, but part of this happened in 72 and then ended in 73. Um, so in 73, he picked up Cindy Shaw. He shot she he shot her, so he oh. actually changed part of his MO. Yeah, he did. And took her home to his mother's house and put her inside his room. He committed necrophilia with her and cut her body up. He actually buried this girl's body, or her head. He buried her head in, in his mother's garden, which was underneath his mother's bedroom window. Because, and I quote, Ed Kemper said this, because his mother, she always wanted people to look up to her. Oh. That's fucking screwed up. Yeah, 100%. Um, Jesus. I feel like he changed his MO too so that, because the cops are like, okay, so we're looking for one person that strangles and stabs. I don't know though, because he also cut all the pieces up and tossed them in the woods. So how would you know? I don't know. Yeah. What I find <laughs> interesting is that he's living at his mom's house Yeah. and he's bringing these bodies back there cutting them up there, yep. having sex with them there, and even the one that he buries the head in her garden, like, yep. and she finds out about none of this. I did read that he did try off and on <clears throat> to live at his own apartment, but he continually failed and had to keep moving back. So yeah, a lot of this would have been done right at his mom's house. That's insane. Yeah. Um, so... Later in 1973, he picked up Rosalind Thorpe and Ellis Liu. They were 20 and 21. 21 and 20. So these two, he actually went in to the University of California where his mom worked. Yep. And picked them up off campus and offered them a ride. And he shot and decapitated them. He committed necrophilia once again and kind of did the same thing of... Chopping them up and, you know, doing whatever. Yeah. And it didn't get too... I didn't get too specific with what he was actually... Like, the story I told you, he put one head in the fridge. I also heard he he had tasted part of a body. I read that too. Oh, really? But I didn't want to get into all the gruesome details with ten different things that he did. Because this man was... Very vile. Oh, and yeah. I think all we really need to know is that he was sexually motivated and doing the most despicable things to a dead body that a human can do. Yeah. And I don't know if telling exactly what he did specifically even adds to the story at that yeah. point, right? Like no, it's not really at all. Um, but what I didn't write down here is something that I found to be a really interesting part of the story so I'm just gonna go off my memory here so um, after all this happened he started having um, some real like doubts about whether he should be continuing doing stuff like this he oh, okay. was thinking that he was gonna get caught soon 
he was thinking it's not worth it. He was starting to regret, regret, and I'm using rabbit ears. Yeah. Uh, just kind of rethink maybe if that's what he wanted to keep doing. Yeah. And he uh, kidnapped, not kidnapped, <laughs> he picked up two more hitchhikers. And he made a deal with himself that if they asked to go a certain way, he was going to do nothing to them. Yeah. And if they wanted to go a different way, uh, then they were going to die. So he gave, in his head, he gave him a chance to yeah. live, basically. And But he also decided that he was going to um, talk them out of it. So basically, I guess what I'm trying to say is he picked up these girls and they were like, we want to go, we're going here. And he's like, yes, I'm, I'm going to go right past there. I'll take you there. Yeah. And one of the girls had her, she had the route mapped out wrong in her head. So when they were driving, she's like, oh, you got to take that exit to get there. And he knew in his head that, that that was actually the wrong exit where she wanted to go was actually the next exit. And he knew that if he took her down the exit she wanted to go down, he absolutely wouldn't be able to stop himself and he would kill her because that was actually one of his favorite routes to go down to assault uh, hitchhikers. Yeah. And he told her that um, she was wrong and he's not taking her there. And then she actually started thinking he was being creepy because she thought that he was lying and she thought she was right. And he argued with her and said, no, you don't want to go that way. It's actually this way. And he kept driving and they went to the right place and she was like, oh, I guess you were right. Right? Yeah. And she had no idea that she was almost arguing her death. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If she would have got her way, she would have been dead that night. Yeah. And so he actually didn't hurt them. But he went on to murder his mother shortly after, so. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's funny by any means, but um, what I mean is he showed himself that he could refrain from murdering somebody, but then he absolutely lost the most control ever and killed his own mother. Yeah. So, um, in April of 1973, he killed his mom. Uh, so after his mother fell asleep, he attacked her with a hammer. He like smashed her in the head. Yep. And, um, he also cut her throat with a knife. Oof. He cut her head off and her hands, like pretty much all the other females. He removed her, he removed her larynx, which is her voice box. Um, and he threw it into the garbage disposal and... It was rumored that the garbage disposal couldn't um, chop it up properly and it got stuck. Yeah. And then I can see that. he said something like, she just won't shut up when she's dead too or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, he, he said he also used his mother's head as a dartboard for a bit. But then he also committed necrophilia on his mother too. Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely remember from the podcast I had listened to. I'm sure it was the podcast. Yeah, he 
really did some despicable things with his mom, uh, with her body and with her head. Yeah. It's just... It's it's truthfully one of the most vile things you could do to a human. Yeah. Uh, it's absolutely sick. It's one thing to murder somebody. It's another to take their body and absolutely disrespect it on just a whole new level after, yeah. you know, it's gone. And those that thing and harming children are... Children and animals, those things are... Kind of the lowest a human can go in my book. Yeah. Uh, even if, like, his mom sounds like she was a very bad person. Yeah. Who still absolutely did nothing to deserve that. No. No. Being brutally murdered by your son and then despicable acts performed on you? Mm, no. Yeah. So, he decided to finish off his career, his killing career with murdering his mother's best friend. The next, I believe it was the next day. Um, I think she called the house and he said his mom wasn't available or something and she thought that was weird. And then he's like, oh no, she's actually going to catch on that I did something to my mom. Yeah. So then he invited her over to be like, no, she, she, she'll be here. Just come over. And then he killed her too. Yeah. And I didn't read, I guess, <clears throat> excuse me. I guess I was wrong when I said about the grandparents were the only ones that I didn't read that he did anything. Yeah. So I think I was wrong when I said it was only the grandparents because I never actually read that he did necrophilia on his mom's friend. Yeah. And I don't know if saying the word did necrophilia is <laughs> the proper term, committed necrophilia, uh, performed necrophilia yeah. on his mom's friend. But just because I didn't really read it or catch it or make a note of it doesn't mean he didn't. Yeah. Because I feel like that's his MO. So I don't know if he did, but I just didn't make a note of whether he did. I don't know. Yeah. So, and I can't remember, but I think you're right because I can't. I can't remember reading that he did or hearing about it. So, but that also doesn't mean that he didn't. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe who knows. So, sorry, honey. No, that, that was it. So, after he killed his mom, his mother's best friend, he actually stole her car and he fled to Colorado. And not long after arriving, he actually called the police and he admitted all his crimes and turned himself in because he realized that there was no reason for it anymore because his mother was dead and his mother was the reason for everything. Yeah. Well, it makes sense because that might be why they're the... Was it the one detective or whoever you were saying that was saying his mom was the catalyst? Yeah, and that, was, and that might actually yeah. be one of the reasons that they're even able to say that too. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's other reasons for sure, um, psychologically, but the fact that one of the reasons he turned himself in is because now his mom's dead. There's no reason to go on killing. You know, his mom was kind of the fuel. Yeah, well, I know I read that he was specifically picking like college age girls and 
people around the college, like hitchhiking, uh, in that kind of scene because his mother worked at, at, or at university. I mean, um, his mother worked at the university of California and his yep. mom would often say things like, you will, you would never have a chance with this kind of girl. Oh, you're a piece of shit. And like the, these people are like too beautiful and yeah. smart too good for, for you. you. But yeah, uh, Ed Kemper has done a lot of interviews and different things, and he's been an interesting uh, piece yeah. to the puzzle of, of studying uh, serial killers. Yep. And it is it is an interesting story um, about Ed Kemper. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, well, I think that's... That's it for episode 14, and I know we still owe you guys one extra, one back, uh, one episode, because yeah. uh, we'll try to, we'll honestly try to get another one out soon to make up for it, because uh, we appreciate, every, appreciate everybody who's listening. Yeah, we do. So. We do. Very much. Anyways, um, I guess the last thing to talk about is your favorite podcast, John. Oh, uh, yeah. Little Nerdy. Ah. Yep, that uh, that really is one of my favorite podcasts. They release a new episode every Tuesday. They got their monthly uh, Debate Without Hate. Yep, yep. Um, that's always really good. Lots of humor in that one. Um, I think a lot of their... Well, I think often their stories, uh, their debates without hate are uh, something a lot of couples can relate to. Yeah. And that, so. Absolutely. And they deal with some really good topics. Um, movies, anime. Yep. Games. Yep. Um, video games, video board games, games uh, books, history. Yep. Uh, pretty much anything under the sun, really. Yep. You betcha. Kind of with that, uh, the nerd culture. That's why they're called little nerdy. Yep. There's yep. always somebody who's the big nerd and somebody who's the little nerd. I'd like to, I would like to see them do one where they're equal nerds. Oh, yeah. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. A battle of the nerd knowledge. Nice. You did it. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. And, um,. Our episodes come out every Monday, so please join us for some podcast, podcast and chill.